So welcome to another episode of our personal success journey. I'm Mark here with my co-host again, Brad, for week two, episode two. How's your week been, Brad? It's been pretty good, actually. Uh, not a whole lot going on, which is always a good thing. Um, yeah, can't complain. Just kind of chill. Seems like it. I lost my phone, <laughs> but that's an easy fix. So. Oh no. Oh well, I'm over it. I was. I was talking to my brother this week, and he said something that was really interesting, and so I wanted to bring it up as a topic on the show, at least to kick things off. We'll see where we go from there. But my my brother, he bought a triplex for my uncle. Well, when my uncle died, his house was left to the family, and so my brother was able to buy it from the family, and nobody else was in a position to do it, so they were actually really happy to sell it to him. But it's a, it's a nice-ish triplex up in you know downtown Salt Lake. Then he's buying a, a grandpa's house because he's living in a nursing home now, and so they need to liquidate that house. So my brother's going to have four units. He's got a triplex and a, a full-on house to himself. And he had his his friends that he grew up in and you know, went to high school with and stuff, and they were up at his triplex, and he was talking about it. He's like, yeah, you know, I own a half a million dollar triplex, and he's running through the numbers with them, and it's a really nice place, and owning it's really great, and the cash flow is this, and he's trying to talk business to him, and he's... He's like, you know, what I'd like to do is build this up and, you know, get more units and eventually maybe get a complex and flip the money into something bigger. And he's telling his awesome big plans, you know, and his buddy who has worked at Walmart forever. And he's a good friend of both of ours. I really like him. Um, but he turns to my brother after my brother tells him his aspirations and what he wants to do and how the cash flow is and everything's working out. And he, my brother's friend says, man, that is so cool. One day, I want to live in a place like this. And my brother's like, what? He was just talking about owning all these apartments, and he wants to buy more, and the cash flow allows it to happen, and didn't have to put any money down, and he doesn't even have to pay for them because they're, they're self-funding. He's actually making a profit just owning the things, just because there was so much equity built into it when my uncle died and stuff. and. But my brother's friend, that was way, way too big for him to even think about. He just thought, man, one day the biggest thing I can possibly dream of is living in one of your apartment units. <laughs> so he, he completely, I don't want to say ignored, but completely misunderstood or disregarded the whole idea of the assets. Is that what you're saying? We, I just... It was funny to my brother because he's like, what? Like, why would you think and dream so small? And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today is like how your beliefs about yourself really limit you or open up doors. Because if you don't think you can succeed, if you don't think you can get a job, like there's a job listing that says, yeah, you can make a six-figure income, blah, blah, blah. And you think, oh, man, I'd never get that job. I couldn't even do it. You won't even apply. Like my brother's mm -hmm. friend, he's never even going to try to buy a, a triplex or something, you know. It's just way beyond what he can believe. And so he, like, limits himself that way by thinking small. Yeah. I think it's, it, especially in that situation, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So going back to it what is. we talked about last time, like the bead you have stuff, like he can't even yeah. think big enough to see the steps that he needs to take to get to that point. And I'm not trying right. to belittle him or... Or say anything no. negative like that. I'm not trying to be rude, but I think that's the problem. Is is it's not necessarily that he can't think that big, but he just can't see the steps in between. 
And so it's like mm. there's no way that's going to happen. Because that was kind of the way I thought before when you were talking to me about all this stuff. Because it was, it was impossible for me to see between here and there. Like everyone always dreams, yeah, I want to live in this big house and you know have a nice car and be financially free. But it, I just couldn't see the steps in between. And I still can't see mm. all of them. But I can see enough that the picture's starting to come into focus and it's become real. You know what I mean? Yeah. It makes me think, though, like if a super successful millionaire or something were to look at me today and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm going to start this business. I want to make a six figure income and I want to be able to like be self-employed or own my own business and not have to work at my day job. You know, like that would be the biggest, coolest thing. And I'm sure this millionaire would look at me and be like, that's it. Like, why are you thinking so small? There's so many more opportunities out there for you. You know, that's true. So, I mean, that makes you at this point question or, you know, wonder, are we currently thinking too small or are we just kind of looking basically a baby step ahead? So, like, we want to get to the point where we're financially free and we're secure and we're past Mm -hmm. all the the issues of living month to month and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then possibly changing our views as soon as we can see beyond that peak or that ridge. You know what I mean? Right. So. I think it just brings up the idea of the importance of, I think, your belief. I don't know what word to use, but, like, how much you really believe can actually happen. Like, if I were to go out and say, you know, I bet I could make five bucks today doing something or make ten bucks today. I bet I could do it. But for me to go out and try to make a million dollars today, I, I don't even think I could do it. And, and so I couldn't. But I was reading the story of a guy who, just to prove a point, he went out and started with like either no money or just a couple dollars in his pocket or something. And went out in one day and decided he's going to make a million dollars or something. Just to prove that it doesn't take money. And so he went out and bought something and traded it and worked somewhere and negotiated this and started making contracts and negotiation. Like by the end of the day, he had like a million dollar contracts. Wow. Because he knew what he was doing. It didn't take any money either. He was just setting up arrangements between people and acting like a mediator and looking at the markets and stuff. And he just, he did it though because he had already made a million dollars before in his life. He's very, very rich. And so for him to make another million is like no big deal. And so because he believed it, he really accepted it as the, the truth, the reality of his life, he could just make it happen, m- you know, manifest this thing whenever he wanted. That's awesome. And I think that's a trick. Yeah. It's part of the, the be, do, have. He felt like he was a millionaire. And so for him to actually have a million dollars was just, I mean, that just came along with it. So then how do we go from, you know, where either where we were or just where your buddy, your brother's buddy was or where we are to think that that's actually an, uh, an actuality? Because to sit here and say that we have to wait until we have that first million to believe that it can truly happen, I can see mm-hmm. that. But how do we transition from not understanding to, like, understanding that's just reality if you're willing to, to put the energy into the right places? So how do we how do we transition? You know what I mean. I know it's kind of rhetorical on our part, thing. but yeah. Um, 
so there's one phenomenon that we got really big. I don't know if you ever read the book, like, The Secret. No. There's a movie that's kind of like it called What the Bleep Do We Know? But it started this whole movement based on, like, the idea of the law of attraction. You ever heard that? Yeah, I've heard a little bit about it, yeah. It's just this idea where it's like, if you mentally or spiritually or just whatever make a place for something in your life and you attract success from money and stuff, then it will come. But it kind of spawned into this idea where if I sit on my couch and I really visualize myself being very successful, then out of nowhere, money will come into me. You know, it'll come through the mail. I'll just open up an envelope and there will be a check there for $20,000. I had it and expected, you know, whatever. And I think for some people, maybe stuff like that happened, but for most people, I don't think it did. And so there's this kind of problem with the law of attraction. Well, I think part of the problem lies in the fact that they're just waiting. Like they're right. sitting still, which obviously isn't going to work. If you want mm-hmm. something, you need to believe that it's going to be there, but you still need to put in the effort. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no there's no shortcut. There's no trick. Right. There's no way to mitigate that. There's no way to lose 20 pounds with actually, without actually changing your diet or, you know, exercising more or whatever. You know what I mean? That's just an example, but there's no way to have these changes in your life without putting forth some sort of effort in a right direction. Mm-hmm. Cause there's no point in redoing the same thing and beating your head against the same wall. I mean, it's insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Right. So I think that's I think kind that's, of the difference with the law of attraction, how most people see it and how it will actually work. Right. And I think that's really the problem is that a lot of people think, you know, I'm going to sit on my couch and I'm going to visualize myself working out and getting thin. And they think that's making them thin. And it may be moving them into a mental place where they'd be more willing to work out. It kind of helps move them down that path, but they're not losing weight just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like those people that go by a, a gym pass for you know their yeah. New Year's resolution, but they go to the gym like once a week, once a month, and they're expecting all these grand results, and it's like that doesn't happen like <clears throat> that. It's a daily grind. You need to not to say go to the gym for two hours every day or an hour every day or whatever you choose to do, but you just need to keep it on the forefront of your mind. And sitting on the couch, it's really hard to keep anything on the forefront of your mind except what's on the television. You know what I mean? There's a reason that these super successful people or athletes or whatever are able to stay focused. It's because everything they're doing throughout the day keeps pointing them back to that goal they want to achieve. So they're utilizing a lot of attraction, but they're doing stuff that keeps them focused on that end goal. Because you, you talk to these people, that, and I'll bet if you talk to them that just want to sit on the couch and just dream that that huge check will come, it's like, well... 10 minutes from now, are you still going to be remembering that you want this to happen an hour from now, two hours from now? Like, what are you doing to stay focused on this to, to see what you could be doing to make this become a reality? Mm-hmm. So I definitely think there is something to the law of attraction. Because if you, if you don't attract it into your life or if you're not like mentally ready to believe it can happen and you're not creating a space for it or something it's not getting like my brother's friend he's not even open to the possibility of owning his own home that's beyond 
anything that he's you know even going to try to do. Which seems insane because that's the American dream since you know forever. That's what my grandparents <laughs> taught. That's what my parents taught. Like owning your own home—that's sure. the American dream. But that's not even the dream anymore. People just want to rent or just be able to get by month to month, and there's no even looking forward to retirement or what's going to end up. Mm-hmm. Which is a scary thought. Well, it's an interesting case because this kid—we've known him you know, since elementary school, we've known him forever and he grew up and his parents didn't have a bunch of money and stuff, but they were really bad with it. And so that's kind of how he learned to manage money. For example, like when his, uh, I think his grandpa died or something and left their family a whole bunch of money. So his parents who didn't have a lot of money to begin with, and they've never really had money all of a sudden had like hundreds of thousands just dumped on him. (laughs) And so, what do you think the first thing they did was? They they went out and invested and bought real estate. They, no, put they some went, money bought in a stock. new car. <laughs> Literally, his dad bought the nicest truck he could possibly afford and dumped every penny he had into it because he's like, man, I've always wanted one of these, and it's kind of a midlife crisis for him. And he bought this super big, like height, like jacked up or whatever truck. It was lifted. It was big engine. It had these nice tires and the rims, the whole package. You know, he got screwed. And then a few years down the line, it started having problems and, you know, got into a wreck or something and the car needed some work done. And he, it was such a nice car, he couldn't afford to do any work on the car. And he had already dumped all his money into it. Mm-hmm. And so he ended up having to sell it. Uh-huh. And so now he's actually left with more debt than he was before. He's more broke, even though they had a huge chunk of change dropped on him. And that's pretty consistent. Like people who win the lottery and stuff like that ended up usually going broke or worse than broke, worse than where they were before, which is weird. Yeah. It's just because they have that misguided, um, preconceived notion that, you know, I, I, I deserve this. So let me go get what I want instead of, well, let me purchase some assets or do something that's going to continue this. And, and it's really just being short-sighted and not looking into the future. With a vehicle, it's super easy to see that you're going to have to replace the tire soon. You're going to have to do oil changes. You're going to have to do repairs on the vehicle. Well, the insurance is high and the gas expense yeah. and all this stuff. You know? I mean, obviously, he just didn't take any of that into consideration. Or if he did, it wasn't weighed heavily enough. And that, you know, that's just my opinion. I'm not trying to be overly critical. But. No, no, no. It's very common, though. But I think it's interesting because it illustrates a a profound point where a lot of people think, you know, it takes money to make money. And so the reason I'm broke is because I don't have any money to invest. If I had a lot of money right now to invest, I could make a lot of money. You know, it takes money to make money, blah, blah, blah. But there's so many examples of people who when they get money dropped in their laps... It, it doesn't make them rich. Having money doesn't make you rich. And also not having money doesn't make you poor. Rich or poor is just a state of being. It's your way of thinking about the world, your way of acting and behaving and what your beliefs are and what you do with money. Your actual bank account, I don't think, has that much to do with it. At least at first it doesn't. I mean, yeah. you know, 20 years down the road, if you, you know, still have that rich mentality, but 20 years later you still haven't, found your way to wealth you might be thinking things wrong but i think you're right, right. <laughs> need to reevaluate yeah so there's that, a second that's... story i wanted to tell you okay um so i'm in kansas now and so we've been on the road for a while and we did this whole big road trip out here and 
um, when we left for my house, we stopped to get gas just across the street from where we were living, right next to the freeway where before we were going. And I stopped to get gas and I'm filling up the tank and I look around and there's this guy and he's got like long ragged hair and he looks like he's in like cowboy chaps or something. He looked like a hippie from the sixties and I thought he was homeless and he was like looking for a ride or something. And he was just waiting there and he's hanging out. It didn't look like he had a ride or anything. And so someone drove up in a nice uh, Mustang, some nice car. And the guy walks up to the window and he's like, hey, man, you got a nice car, blah, blah, blah. And he was like way too friendly, saying hi to everybody. And I'm like, oh, man, this guy is socially weird. He's got all the wrong clothes. He's probably a drifter. He's got this like leather bag on him. He's a total hippie. You know what I'm I'm looking at this guy and he starts walking towards me. We make eye contact and I just like scowl at him. I was I was almost going to like say something mean to him. And so he just kind of like walks away. He's like, okay. And he says hi to someone else. He's being way too friendly. I'm like, yeah, just stay away from me, dude. And then two seconds later, a limousine pulls up. The limo driver gets out and says, Mr. So-and-so, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, are you the limo driver? What's your name? And he's being super friendly to the limo driver. And it turns out that the really nice car that he was uh, looking at this Mustang or whatever he was selling it or something I don't know what he was doing but the limo guy comes and grabs his bags and like drives him off and it turns out he's actually super rich he was completely <laughs> the opposite of what I thought he was and I'm like man I had it completely wrong I was going to be a dick to this guy I was going to be like oh get away from me you freaking hippie I don't know if you're on drugs why are you being so friendly why are you so happy nobody's this happy you know there's something wrong with you <laughs> that's too funny when in all reality he's the kind of guy you should be asking you know how'd you do it or you know maybe was he like, was born into it who knows but still <laughs> he was the type of guy who was living the type of life that I want to live. And that was the one opportunity I probably could have made friends with him and been like, dude, teach me, you know? But instead, my knee-jerk reflex was, get away from me. Nobody should be happy. Nobody should be dressed weird. Nobody should be talking to people they don't know and stuff. <laughs> so my expectation was weird and held me back. And it, it showed me kind of what's going on in my head my preconceived notions and stuff like that yeah i think that's like the the innate cynicism that's in all of us that kind of needs to go away uh, for all of us not just you like i probably would have thought the same thing in all reality <laughs> as well, i would assume the majority of people would have thought i don't think many people would have you know to to right. oh not overuse a cliche they would have judged that book by its cover versus actually hmm. just talking to him and finding out why he's so happy all the time. Right. It's interesting that the universe will kind of put things in your path like that and you'll learn a lesson from it one way or the other. Either you make a cool friendship with a guy who can actually mentor you or you you learn what you missed out on. <laughs> you know? But like, like thinking back on it, it made perfect sense. Like why was he so happy and friendly? Dude was loaded. He's got no cares. He's just a happy guy gets along with everyone he doesn't have anything to be miserable on it uh, you know but why I was he wearing weird clothes because he can <laughs> yeah because he could afford it but i think i think this kind of proves a really really good point though to kind of try and take a positive spin on this you know hmm. your brother's buddy probably would have never seen that situation for what it really was granted you didn't see it until after the situation was over 
but still you're able to now take a you know a, a step back look at the situation and be like man i missed an opportunity i could have learned from this guy next time this is going to happen whereas i think a lot of people are just going to look at this and be like oh well Somehow we got into a limousine. I wonder, you know, who's telling drugs to or whatever. Instead of, <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll, they'll take that approach right. instead of saying, well, maybe this guy really knows something that I might want to know. And maybe he is making it all of it selling drugs. I don't know. But you're never going to know until you actually talk to the guy. So I think that's part mm-hmm. of the, the process of, you know, that, that rhetorical question I asked you earlier, transitioning from not being able to dream at all per se versus you know dreaming big like you know i want millions i want to live in this kind of house have this kind of lifestyle i think it's seeing these situations as they come up because i mean this really did fall under the law of attraction you didn't notice that it was an that it was an opportunity but you've been seeking these opportunities and so when one came along you missed it but you learned from it and so Mm -hmm. sometimes i think missing an opportunity is um, just as beneficial as seizing an opportunity if you learn from the mistake. If you truly mm. don't make the same mistake again, I think it could be you know super beneficial. It might delay your growth process a little bit because who knows? That guy might have had some good insight, a lot of good stuff to teach you, and possibly some opportunities that you could have personally helped him with in one way or another, even if it isn't money because sure. obviously that wasn't his, his limiting <sighs> issue. But maybe right. he just needed more people to help him because he has more money than time. Mm-hmm. But I think the key is, is, you know, moving that stepwise forward is seeing these opportunities and understanding this is a law of attraction at work, and it will continue to work and it will continue to be fruitful. You just need to now keep your eyes open because, I mean, like you said, the universe is kind of throwing these situations at you. It's just, can you? see them for what they are and seize them at the time versus see them for what they were and right. or just had disregarded it altogether and just pretended like nothing ever happened mm-hmm. like i'm not trying yeah, to like pat you on the back and say well you know you're okay but i mean i really <laughs> think this is part of the process is understanding that you know you made a mistake learn from it because it's not going to happen right. again you're not going to you're not. I'm not saying you're gonna go talk to every strange-looking hobo-looking person at a gas <laughs> station or something. Have some, some, uh, you know, self-preservation, if you will, or whatever. But, <laughs> but I mean, be judicious. Yeah, be judicious with your with your um, interactions with people that do look a little sketchy because there are a lot of sketchy people out there. But you know what I mean. You're not gonna to miss an opportunity like this again because really that guy was just mm. super positive, super happy, and just. He's just trying to share that. Even if he's not meaning to, that's what he's, he's just trying to share it. And everyone's mm-hmm. kind of snubbing him because he looks weird. It's just funny to me that someone who had just, you know, optimism and they didn't have some ulterior motive or something, they were just happy. How that totally set me on guard. I'm like, oh, that's not right. That doesn't happen. Something's wrong with this guy. <laughs> it's because you were looking Tells for his ulterior motives, which. Right, it's really common, but it's kind of sad that, you know, just because a guy's got a smile on his face and he wants to shake your hand, doesn't mean he's, you know, planning to kill you or something. Right, he's got a knife in the other hand. Or yeah. Something. Oh man, 
But it was interesting that because I expected nothing good could come from that guy, nothing good did. I prevented it from happening. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy. I manifested my beliefs into the world. I attracted this result. Mm-hmm. And it was just like my brother's friend. Keep going. I was going to say the same thing, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, he doesn't think that he could really own a place. He doesn't think something like that could happen. His parents didn't ever own a nice place. He's never lived in a nice place. He's never seen anything like that. And so to him, he's manifesting into his reality. He's creating the self-fulfilling prophecy of never owning a place like this. He'll never, ever apply for a mortgage on a place like this. And the funny thing was when my brother bought the house, he didn't have any money down. He didn't really have much of a good situation to get into it. But it was kind of a miracle that it was able to come into being the way that it was. But if so, his friend was in the same position, he would just turn it down. So I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to do a follow-up question on this. What was the difference between your brother and his friend? Why did your brother take advantage or seize the opportunity? Well, I thought it was interesting. The story with my brother is while my uncle was still alive, like five or six years ago, my brother said, man, you ought to sell me this house. And he's had this idea in his head that's been building and growing and growing over time until he thought, you know, maybe I could own a house like this. Maybe I could own a house. Maybe it could be like this. Maybe it could be in this neighborhood. And the more confident he became in that idea, the more he really believed it could happen. And when the opportunity was there, he made it happen. And he owns the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, despite what I even believed was ha- would possible, you know. So did he spend the last but few years friend, just sitting on the couch waiting for this to happen? Right. You no, know, he he was and he learning how the real estate process works. He was learning how exactly. the financial system works. He was learning how money works. It wasn't just yeah. sitting stagnant waiting for your grandpa to to become ill and <laughs> right. unable to stay into his house. I mean, granted that was part of the way it worked out for him, but the difference between you and him is he had this seed that he had been planting and he'd been watering and, you know, feeding with mm-hmm. sunlight and nutrients and all that giving himself the education, putting himself in an opportunity to take advantage of an opportunity when it, when it shows itself. Right. And that's the idea of luck. You know, as a lot of business gurus will say is luck is just an acronym for laboring under correct knowledge. Whereas most people will see, Oh dude, your brother got so lucky. He just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And it's like, well, he had been asking about this place for years and he'd had his eye on it for years and he was in a position where he was putting himself in a place where he could buy a property sooner or later and when it all just kind of came together it just happened no one else in my family could have done it we were they were all offered like they they would have offered it to me too but i'm not in a position to do it my brothers or any of my cousins and uncles and stuff nobody could have done it but my brother who had his eye on this goal for a long time and he'd been working towards it finally was able to achieve it and it happened in like miraculous ways that's the thing that I think is so interesting is that the law of attraction it's this idea that you can get things that look impossible right now and I think there's a truth to that Absolutely. but it, it takes can it I, takes more than sitting there can I just add a little Doing story it. I've been talking to you about this Do I've it. actually been brewing on it a lot lately and thinking about it um the the issue with or not the issue but the opportunity with my grandpa's house 
Sure. You know, a lot of people are going to say that's luck. And my siblings are going to say, well, you're just taking advantage of him or the situation, whatever, which just isn't true. Right. But I'm one of 11 kids and I've got five cousins that all have the same opportunity that I have, except I'm the one that's actually seizing the opportunity. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I spent the last couple of years learning and you know, finding mentors and understanding how real estate works, how the financial system works, how, you know, understanding cash flow, understanding assets versus liabilities, and understanding how to to control debt and to use it to your advantage and to to leverage all this stuff. But because of that, you know, I told you I went and visited my grandpa who or my grandma who was in a uh, a rehab center, just you know, just getting better rehabbing from an infection, but. Mm-hmm. I was going to bring it up to him and he he brought it up that he's looking to sell his house. I didn't start the conversation. He did. And he's like, I've been thinking about this for months. But I was just like, oh, man, I am I'm jumping on this. I (laughs) I'm seizing this because it's a great opportunity and it's what I've been waiting for. I had no Mm -hmm. preconceived notion when I went to talk to him that this was a conversation we were going to have. I was just going to go see how my grandma was doing and talk to my grandpa and just hang out. I mean, in the future, Mm -hmm. I was going to talk to him about possibly selling me his house before they both pass away so that it doesn't, you know, the whole tax stuff, which is not important. But I was going to bring this up in the future. But the opportunity presented itself, and I jumped on it. And now he's mm-hmm. super excited about it. And, it, it you know, the, the deal is still in the process. I don't want to say deal, but the, the transaction and everything is still in the works. But just because I was – I had that goal in mind of I want, I want real estate, I want assets, I want a business, I want all – I want this and I want that – the opportunity presented itself just out of the blue, mm. out of nowhere. I had no idea that it was going to happen, but it's there. And the opportunities are always there. And it's, it's just interesting. I went to a, a real estate investor association meeting, a local one here, mm. and I was talking to another newer uh, person who had only been there a couple of times, a couple of different ones. And he's like, yeah, there's. I want to do this, but there's just no deals out there. There's just nothing to <laughs> buy for a good price. And Guess right. what he's finding? No good deals. But I talked mm-hmm. to other people, you know, who are like they're they're everywhere. The, the, as Dolph DeRue says, the deal of the decade comes around once a week. And if you truly right. believe that, you're going to find that deal of the decade weekly. You're going to find so mm-hmm. many of them that you just can't take them all on. Right. <laughs> it's it's just that that change in mindset, and that that's kind of a slightly different, you know example of your your brother's friend versus you know your brother you know that's complete polar opposites where he doesn't even think this can happen whereas this other guy mm-hmm. already has a house to as an investment property and he's like there's just no good deals but because he thinks that that's all he's finding and that's all he's seeing and that's i mean he's not going around trying to make connections to talk to people to to see if there's any wholesalers that have anything that I mean, there's there are really good deals all over the place. I mean, I was mm. I just about closed on a, a, a the transaction uh, a couple months ago, and it, it fell through in the end. But you know, I I told I told my mentor I want to I want a wholesale property. So he's like, well, go out and try this, and I tried it, didn't work. It's like, well, let's go back to the basics and just hand out flyers on people's doors. Just print something stupid out, you know, I buy houses or whatever, and just go hang it on some doors in the neighborhood. And I did. And I had gone up and down one street, so I'd handed out like 30 flyers. I had two people call me back. One still kind of in the wings, but the other one 
um, they decided to go on a, a different route. But like, I didn't think that was possible, let alone that, you mm. know, one in 15 was going to respond to my, to my flyer. Right. So, I mean, there, these opportunities are there and it's, and I think this is kind of that mental part of what you need to do to get to where we want to be or where we are or whatever to, to get out of that mindset is you need to, to take these steps to believe that the opportunities are there and these situations are there. I just need to have my eyes opened to see them when they show mm -hmm. because they're always there. They've always been there. It goes back to what we talked about last time with um, you know, these filters. It's about adjusting these filters and changing these filters. And it's not to say, you know, filter out negativity, but filter out these these beliefs of of, you know, there's just not there or or, or whatever the, the belief is, whatever your limiting belief is, filter that one out and change that belief. Mm -hmm. It's it's a baby step process. It doesn't just happen overnight. It can. But, you know, that's something that I've struggled with. I look at these guys. We went to that limitless thing. And mm -hmm. and it's like, I can't be like that overnight. Even though I could, that's just one of my mm -hmm. limiting beliefs. And so I'm just making these small steps. And, and things are already starting to pan out. Things are already starting to happen. Mm -hmm. Because we believe that they can happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I love what Dolphin says. Like you brought up, uh, the deal of a lifetime comes around about once a week. But when people see it, they're like, nah, it's too good to be true. And I hate that saying. I hate when people use that logic. You know, if it looks too good to be true, then it is. Pass it up. You're saving yourself heartbreak or something. But like... I've had so many times when I got a deal that looked too good to be true and I nailed it. And it, it almost makes me suspicious. Like I bought a camera lens a couple months ago or whatever and it was way too good of a deal. I'm like, something's wrong with it. I was really suspicious, but I ended up going through with it and it's a fantastic deal. I was so happy with it. You know? or, or a lot like of people those, use that as a limit. Well, I was going to say, or those lights. It's like, well, maybe, the, yeah, your, your photo lights. Maybe that's a scam. Sure. But for 50 bucks, it's worth checking out. You know, 25% of yeah. its actual value, it's worth checking out. That doesn't mean it was too so good always, to be true. Right. And I'm always trying to balance, like, being healthily pessimistic, <laughs> but, like, being realistic and not putting myself in a situation where I can be taken advantage of. But also, when an opportunity comes by, I acknowledge it and I honor it. You know, you're you're an opportunity. Let's open this door and just see where it goes. There's a a story somebody told me once at one of these uh, uh, like limitless gestalt meetings. You know, and they said that <clears throat> the law of attraction is broken because it's only half the law. It's your belief structure, but until you have the commitment to match your inner belief or whatever, it's not going to go anywhere. And so they, it was a Jewish lady, and she was saying that in the Jewish culture, at least where she was from, they had this story about Moses. And you know the story of Moses, he parts the Red Sea. And you know, and Charlton Heston in the Ten Commandments goes, and he stands on the beach there, and he raises his, uh, his staff, and he parts the ocean, and it's this miracle, and they walk through. And she, this lady was talking about that event, and she says, well, what if that's not exactly how that happened? What if instead, and this is the story that she had been told, 
is that they were being chased by the Egyptians. These Jews were being chased. You know, the Egyptians let them go and then decide we're going to kill you. We're mad that our slaves are leaving. You know, our whole workforce is going. So they chase him down. And so you have this, this mom, dad, and a baby. And they're walking away from the, uh, the offending army. And they run into the Red Sea and it's as far as they can go. And the army gets closer and they're, you, they can see him in the distance coming at him with, you know, swords and bows and arrows and everything. They say, well, we got nowhere to go. Let's take as many steps as we can. And they go into the water and they get knee deep in the water and they still see the armies getting closer and they get their, their backs are against the wall. And so they go deeper, they go waist deep and then chest deep. And eventually they go so deep that they take their kids and put them on their shoulders and the parents go as far into the water as they possibly can holding their kids up so the kids can breathe but their own heads are underwater and they're blowing bubbles they're literally blowing air bubbles they have committed to the point where they are blowing bubbles and at that level of commitment when they've taken the last possible step they physically can take a miracle happened and the Red Sea parted and they walked through on dry ground and so they always use that as a metaphor in this program that I was in and they said are you blowing bubbles what's your level of commitment I mean I, I get that you want to be successful and you want to do all this stuff but how committed are you are you at the point where you're so far into this thing where you have nowhere else to go you're over it's over your head you are in it over your head in commitment to the point where you're blowing bubbles because when you get there the next step you take when you are literally just gonna die some miracle will happen and you'll get the goal that you've been looking for you know that's awesome I, I like that analogy actually I, you know whether or not that was what happened is, is a moot point but I do like that are you yes. blowing bubbles and it's like you, you can't just be that guy sitting on the couch expecting something to happen you know, have you ever right. heard of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk? I might no. have told you a little bit about him, but he's he Probably. he um, helped turn his dad's uh, $3 million company into a $60 million company. Now he's got all this stuff going on. He's kind of like a life coach, mm -hmm. but he's always just talking about side hustles. And he's always talking about mm -hmm. the people who are going to be successful are the people that, yeah, they might be stuck in their nine-to-five job. But they're always doing that other little thing on the side. They're always, right. they're always, always doing something to try and better the situation. And I, I think you don't have to necessarily be to the point where you're you're drowning in debt per se. Take that, that view of right. blowing bubbles. I think it's literally are you going as hard as you can at this? Because mm -hmm. at that point, that's when you're going to be most susceptible or receptive to these miracles, if you want to call them that, happening. I think that's the key yep. behind that is you just get to the point where you can actually see these things happening in your life. It's like mm -hmm. I'm literally doing all I can so I know that my belief is there and that I believe this can happen because I'm committing everything I can. Mm -hmm. But I also understand that there needs to be some some external things that move for me to, to, to have an opportunity come my way. Like I was telling right. you know, like I said with my grandpa's house, like I didn't plan on that, but I've been doing all these things to prep for something like this to happen. That's not to right. say I'm I'm drowning, but I'm <laughs> I'm in essence blowing bubbles. 
Like I've gone as sure. far as I can go until something happens. And you can't always right. make something happen. But because I had gone as far as I can go and I had taken the steps that I could take, I was receptive to an opportunity when it came my way. Um, exactly. You know, I, like I was looking for mentoring and you were helping me look around. And, you know, I almost did a $25,000 mentoring program, but I, you know, I decided against it. And because I was open, I just happened to stumble across the guy who's mentoring me now. And it was a much cheaper and better situation. It's more one-on-one. -on -one, it's more personal. It's more hands-on. I mean, I've, I've been telling you, I've been talking to them one-on-one -on -one and had meetings. And it's not just, here, watch this video and pay me money, you know, which is a viable, <laughs> great opportunity because you're learning sure. a ton. But, you know, I was doing all that I could do to, to try and learn this stuff. And finally, something clicked. And some mm -hmm. opportunity presented itself. I didn't force this to happen. And granted, it was an opportunity that was always there. Because, you know, I just I went to one of those um, real estate investor association meetings. And that's when I was talking to the guy I told you about earlier who just didn't believe it. And I was like, no, there are opportunities out there. And we kind of talked back and forth about it. And then the this guy overheard me talking about it. And he told me to, to contact my mentor. Um, it's all snowballed from there and because I'd been talking with my mentor and doing all that kind of stuff when my grandpa said I'm looking to sell my house it was like I know more <laughs> than just one way to make this work I know how right. to to truly take care of you in this situation but uh, and I think that's kind of the point like with mm -hmm. with the blowing bubbles I think I, I think it's fantastic I love that saying uh, I'm gonna use it a lot now but I, I don't <laughs> I don't think that it's just about like you're you're drowning i think it's literally you're taking all the steps you can take and then something happens and then something happens is, yeah and you take more steps and then something happens and then you take a couple of steps and then something happens i think it's just this compound effect but you need to keep churning your feet you need to keep mm -hmm. pushing not over pushing but you need to keep moving forward and more and more of these opportunities will present themselves because it's not just one great grand event where you'll be blowing bubbles and then life's going to be all hunky-dory and it's going to be perfect. Like you're not just going to be trudging along. And who knows, it might happen. But I don't anticipate mm -hmm. this happening. Uh, you know that I come across this deal that I'm buying for pennies on the dollar and it's going to make me, you know, millions immediately. Well, it may or may not happen. If it happens, great. If not, I'm happy moving forward, taking the small steps and keep pushing along. Because I, I'm moving forward. I'm taking the steps because I have this vision in mind. And that vision is dictating what I do on a day-by-day -day basis. Right. That's another thing that they taught us at that course that I thought was really interesting. Is they said, be very clear. Get a very clear idea of your goal. What is it that you want? And that's in line with the law of attraction is get a very clear idea. You know, feel it with all of your senses. You know, if you want a new car or something, or if you want to make a million dollars, or if you want to find the love of your life or lose weight or whatever it is, picture it, what it's going to look like, feel like, taste like, touch like, get a date. When do you want it? And get this very clear picture of the thing that you want, the state of being, and be that state. But then there's the mechanism of how to get there and let it go. Have no expectation of how you should acquire that thing. Be flexible. And I always thought that was really interesting because 
I've started to apply that even with like playing board games and stuff. I was playing chess against somebody once and they wanted to play chess and have a battle and I wanted to win. And so they'd move, you know, some pieces here and there and start doing stuff and I take their queen and then put them in checkmate. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't care how I win this game. I just want to win. And so as you take each step, I always think it's interesting that I've found this to be true is that you always look, what's the next step that I can take that's going to get me closer to the thing that I want? And you take that step and you take another step and you don't know all the steps. You may only be able to see one step ahead of you. Um, for example, when I was in my bachelor's program at our college, at our university, I was told by my philosophy director, the department chair, she says, there is, and she said specifically, because I was asking, I need to get this one required class that's not offered this term, but I need to get it by the end of the year because I'm going to medical school. And if I don't have this class, I'm going to be dropped from med school. And she said, nope, you can't take it. We absolutely do not make exceptions on this. You're going to have to take one more year of classes to take this one class. And she told me, I want to make it very clear so that you don't have any hope that you're going to get this class so that you just understand where you're at. And I, <laughs> and I almost felt like it was my subconscious talking to me or the universe or some deity or something because it used, I mean, she used the word hope. I want you to be completely hopeless. Don't have any hope so that you won't take any more steps. It cannot be done. So I left her office and I said, okay, what can I do? What's the next step I could take? And I feel like the only, the only thing I can do is just keep holding on. I have no hope. She told me I've got no hope. But I'm going to do everything I can, which is about six inches, and I'm stuck up against this wall. And so I did. I took the next six inches that just leaned in just a little bit to where I couldn't do anything. I mean, I'd literally been turned down by the highest authority in my program. And the next thing I knew is I was getting my diploma. I was walking across the stage getting my diploma. And I thought, man, how did that happen? She told me I had no chance. There was no hope at all. But when I looked and I, I said, well, what's the next step? You know, I'll take all the classes except for that one and see what I can do. And when I'd signed up for all the other classes and just left a space that, you know, maybe something could happen, it did. I didn't know the mechanism beforehand. I had no idea what I was going to do, how it was going to happen. But it didn't matter. I knew what I wanted and I was flexible and I was committed. And it just kind of came together when it absolutely should not have. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Because, I mean, you had someone basically who was the deciding factor who said no. So you had that, that outside oh, yeah. voice that's saying it's not possible, but you still have that intrinsic drive, which is just crazy. Mm -hmm. And I love that you, you talked about taking, you know, the last six inches I could take or whatever and not seeing oh, yeah. all the steps. Because that's just the way that this process is going to work. Most people mm -hmm. aren't going to say, well, I'm going to do this for a year, learn this and this and this, and all of a sudden, boom, it's going to happen for me. You know, right. I didn't think that I was ever going to own a business. I thought it was all just going to be real estate for me. But right. the opportunity presented itself to get me closer to my goal, which is freedom. 
financial mm-hmm. freedom. Like I don't care if it's from business right now or if it's from uh, a real estate opportunity that presents itself. It doesn't matter. My goal is still the same, but I had taken all the steps I could, and that's when you know we had gotten together and started talking. And we started this business, and then we mm-hmm. took all the steps we could take, and you know, and now we're going to see what happens. Hopefully, it's just like your diploma. You know, the next thing we know, we're we're where we want to be. Like I, I really hope mm-hmm. that's the next step. But we're doing everything we can to push forward to that, and I think that's the key. Is like you said, you have to be flexible. If you're so structured and so rigid and and saying that this is the one and only path I'm going to take because it's the only thing I know or it's what my neighbor or my mentor or my buddy who is successful, that's the path they took. That's the only way that it works. It's probably not going to work because when something happens and something always goes wrong, something will always go wrong, the people that are truly successful are the people that can improvise and that can think on their feet can look outside the box and mm-hmm. can and are, are able to go outside of their comfort zone and push themselves to do something they didn't mm-hmm. think was going to be there, but it's still with that same end goal in mind. It's still the same mm-hmm. purpose. You just had to take a little sidestep is all. Right. The but, journey may look different than what you anticipated from the beginning. But, but your goal is the same. Your goal is still like I mean, if you're if you're wanting to hike up the uh, to a mountain peak to see you know the entire valley below you, you can mm. see the kind of path that you want to take to get there. But that's from a distance. When you actually get up to it, you might see oh, there's a big a big rock in the way. I need to move you know three <laughs> feet to the left to go around this rock, or I can just stand here and spend eternity trying to figure out how to get over this rock. Right. Well, that's the same with with success and with with mm. what we're doing. We both have similar goals, but our end goal doesn't like it doesn't matter the the steps we're taking. The whole key is is to to be entrepreneurs to to you know eventually get the real estate for the long term wealth and to like that's the goal to be financially free. Mm-hmm. But to get from point A to point B of me having the the real estate that I want, who cares what that path is? I don't. Right. I'm willing to. I mean outside of doing anything illegal, I'm willing to, to seize any opportunity that comes along. You know, I've been doing the mentoring stuff and I told myself, I'll never do a fix and flip. The first transaction I do looks like it's going to be a fix and flip. But that's just because <laughs> it's what's going to work out best. I'm, I'm right. removing these preconceived notions that I have, which I think is huge. You need to be focused, but you need to not be focused on the details. Just that goal. Because if I were to sit here and say, like with my grandpa's house, if I if I buy it and rent it out, it'll it'll make me a couple hundred dollars a month. But if I sure. sell it, I can turn it into so much more. My imagination right. is the only thing that limits me at this point. And it's right. like You're- I don't need to flip every house, but the opportunity that's presented, if I just if I'm willing to to just look at it from all different perspectives and say what's the best right. way to seize this opportunity. It's going to pan out the best versus, nope, this is what I was going to do and this is how it's going to work. I'm going to buy and hold every single property and it's going to go right. much slower, whereas this is going to speed the process up for for me. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's it's just interesting where, you, you know, that's kind of, I think, the second step is not only do you need to know your end goal, like to move from mm-hmm. your brother's friend to your brother, he had that end goal in mind. 
but I don't think he had the idea of waiting till your uncle died to buy the property and then waiting for, no. in all reality, uh, a lawsuit to come up against the property for them to sell it. Like, we don't need to go into all those details, but I don't right. think he had that planned. I mean, who plans that? But that's when the family is like, oh, <laughs> no, 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 we got to get rid of this. And he's like, I'm still here. I'm still ready. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's the key right. is, is he didn't have every single little step planned out. But when something presented itself, he was flexible. He was ingenuitive. He was persistent. Right. He was really everything that a successful person is. He was willing and ready and able. He just was waiting and waiting and doing all that he can. And then some miracle happens. And I'm not saying your uncle's death is a miracle or a lawsuit's a miracle. But he did everything he could and then something happened. And it opened up opportunities for him. And I think that's the key is just keep pushing until you can't push any farther and then look for those opportunities because they're going to be there. They might not be there tomorrow or a week from now. It might take time, but just keep playing the long game and keep pushing and keep focused and keep the eye on the end goal. And I think that's, I think that's how you transition is understanding that like, you know, that question I asked at the beginning, how do we get from point A to point B? And I personally feel like I'm in the middle ground. I don't feel like I've, truly got the complete mindset of a successful person yeah there are things that i'm working on but as i'm working on my mindset opportunities for things that i do believe can happen are happening which is kind of helping me you know do this domino effect of removing this limiting belief and removing this limiting belief and so on and so on and so on and so like i i think that that's part of the the thing is just kind of Enjoy the journey, enjoy the process, and and just keep moving forward. Because, you know, who knows? If your financial goal right now is to make, you know, five million dollars a year, when you get to that point, you'll be like, I'm not done yet. I'm gonna keep going. That doesn't mean your your initial dream was wrong or your initial goal, not dream, that's the wrong word, because you know, a goal involves moving and effort. But that doesn't mean the initial goal was wrong. It just means you now see things differently. And so, you know, like that guy you were talking about, he easily made a million dollars because he knew it could happen. (laughs) You know, I'm not saying I have to wait till I make a million dollars to believe that can happen. But right now, I don't necessarily believe that I can make a million dollars tomorrow. I'd like to, but I just don't. I don't know how to make that happen. So I'm going to keep pushing. I think the converse is true. What do you mean? If you believe that tomorrow you can't make a million, tomorrow you won't. It's true. And I think that's a dangerous thing is to not have that mindset. It's to say, I don't know how to do it. So I'm going to keep moving forward until that becomes a reality. But if I just sit here and say, well, that can't happen. You know, I, I can't be wealthy. I can't have the the successes in life I want to have. I can't I can't lose 20 pounds. I can't you know get a six pack right. of abs. I can't have a nice house. I can't have be married and have a, a you know, the, the like who would want to date me yeah that's what's going to happen but when you're just mm-hmm. saying i want to you know you know i want to go to the gym and i want to work out and i want to you know reach this end goal of say running a marathon today i can't run a marathon five weeks from now i can't run a marathon but six months from now i might be able to run a marathon a year from now i can run a marathon you know what i mean it's because you do mm-hmm. these little steps along the way and you just keep pushing and just keep 
moving forward. And and who knows? A lot of people that I know that have run a marathon, I'm just using this example, they're now training for a triathlon. And it's like, right. that was never a goal. That was never a dream. <laughs> but you you realize that you're stronger and better than you are. And, and right. I think that's the key that, you know, that we're focused on now and that we're understanding. And that I think some of our listeners do need to understand. You are stronger, better, and smarter, more ingenuity than you think you are. Just right. keep There's moving a lot more forward. Potential. You'll see it. You just need to keep looking for opportunities and just keep moving those last six inches and something right. will happen. And then move another six inches and something happens. It might be a slow process, but it will happen. You will succeed. You can achieve whatever you want to achieve in this life. And if you come in with the mindset that a lot of our um, our peers, you know, our, our, uh, the, the people that are in our age group, the millennial mentality, if you want to call it that, I don't, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't want to, to go too much into that, but if, if, if you go into that, if you go into life with, with the mindset of, you know, this isn't going to happen, that's not going to happen, this is impossible, it's not going to happen. But if you go in with the mindset of this can happen and I'm willing to do what it takes to make it happen, it will work. Look for the opportunities. Look for the pathway that's going to make it happen. Yeah, and that's kind of what I wanted to focus on a little bit this week, I guess was what are the stumbling blocks that get in their way from making those things happen? Like what stops somebody from really getting the success that they want? The first big one was like my brother's friend. What is your level of belief in yourself? What's your, how big can you dream before it becomes uncomfortable? Like, yeah, I'm going to get a big mansion. But you're like, there's that voice in your head that says, no, you're not. I'm going to get a promotion. I'm going to date that super hot girl. But then you never ask her out because you know, like there's a voice telling you, no, you can't. So, like, the first one is being able to really dream big, to think big. To let yourself is, do that. Like, don't hold yeah, back. And really believe that you're capable, that you deserve it, that you can live that life. I mean, like, if you want to live in the mansion that, you know, Tony Stark lived in in the movie or something like that, it right. can happen. Don't mm -hmm. stop yourself from believing that that could be yours. Right. I was watching this video. It may have been The Secret the guy's, he made a vision board and put up a picture of a mansion that he wanted to live in in Southern California. It's a really nice place. And then five years later, you know, after working towards this thing and watching this vision board all the time, he bought a new house and he was moving his stuff and he looked at the picture and he said, oh my gosh, that's the house I'm living in. That's the house I live in. And he said, that's not a house that looks like it. That is my house. And like... He had created that for himself because he was able to believe he could do it. He believed day after day after day. He told himself, I want to be in this house. I want to be in this house. I'm going to be in this house. This is where I'm going to live. This is my destiny. This is what I deserve. Until over time, he bought into his belief and it became a reality. And the other thing is, being around so many med students, I think this is interesting. I think a huge stumbling block, and just talking it out with you now, I'm realizing this is we often, or a lot of people, they want to hold on to the how and the what. They have this idea of what they want to achieve, but they want to do it in a certain way. And holding on to both of those is almost cognitive dissonance. Because we don't see the whole landscape. We don't have this, you know, top-down view. 
so often the path that we're on actually leads somewhere else and we don't realize it. And so as we hold on to the path and the destination and they start to go in two different directions, you got to let go of one. And a lot of these med students are like, well, the path is med school. And so they just cling on to it and eventually kind of lose scope of what they want. It's interesting. I just want a job. I'll take anything. I'd match anywhere. <laughs> but I've got to hold on to this path of med school. Where sometimes people who really know what they want, sometimes med school isn't the way to get there. I mean, I had a buddy who was a business guy and I think he went to med school and I think he dropped out eventually. He found that what he really wanted was to own a business that did stem cell research and medical-based stuff. But it's too easy to think, this is the way it's done and this is how I'm going to get there. And you can't hold on to both. That's a stumbling block. It's a you got to know one. what you want and be flexible. And I think it's more important to know the destination and the path or the journey. Um, it's so. kind of just an epiphany. I, you know, I actually never even thought about it. It's a good point until we were talking about it. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Just that realization that that really, for a lot of people and for me, has been slowing me down. And and right. when I've progressed the fastest and seen the most success to this point, it's because I've stopped caring about the journey per se. <laughs> I, right. I, you know, you get, you talk to these people that are like, well, I've got to go to Yale and I've got to go to this med school and I've got to get into this residency and then that mm -hmm. doesn't happen. And then they're just destroyed right. and they don't know what to do when it's like, well, what was job. your end goal? Your end goal was to be a neurologist. Like, do you have to go to this residency or this med school to be a neurologist? No, hmm. you just need to go to med school and you need to get into a neurology residency to be a neurologist. And I think far too often people do do get downtrodden and defeated. Like you, you talked about those people that you know at med school that are just like, I'll take anything. You look right. at their, their mentality, they're, they're just beaten down. They're, they've yeah. been broken. The dream is gone because they wouldn't oh, they don't let believe go they of the path. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, just thinking while you're talking, like the whole reason I went to medical school was financial freedom. Mm-hmm. And that path did not work out for me. But that doesn't mean <laughs> I gave up on that dream. You know what I mean? I, did, I, I haven't given up on that goal. Yeah. But you, you, if things had worked out, you would have followed the same path and you've been clinging onto that path. But sometimes a wrench is thrown in, in the spokes, you know, and it just throws you off. And that's at the point that you have to be flexible. You don't have another choice. And then, like, you notice that other opportunities start opening up. Sometimes it takes a traumatic event. <laughs> Absolutely. But the, the key is, is is the goal. Always keep that in right. mind. And when you achieve that it, goal, reevaluate the goal and see if there's more. You know what I mean? Sure. And I think it makes these stumbling blocks along the way seem a little more insignificant. Like, oh, man, I didn't, I didn't achieve this minor goal along the way. But there's still a way for me to get what I want in life, to be happy, to really exist in the kind of life that I want to. And so it's not that big of a deal. That girl turns you down. Well, maybe there's a better one. A yeah. job you don't get. Something. Yeah. Because you, know? you just never know how it would have panned out. But you do know that you can keep moving forward. You do know that you right. believe that your goal is still achievable and that you're going to get it. Sure. And like you said, with the, the side hustles, like you may be at a job and you may 
you may be stuck at that job and you, you can't get out right now. I mean, we're kind of in that situation. But we're always doing something. We're moving forward on every front where we can possibly move forward. And as we move forward on every front, we start to realize more and more opportunities around us. Well, there's real estate. Well, there's an e-commerce business. Oh, what if we made a video game? What if we do a podcast? What if we do some online marketing? What if we do... And it's what if, what if, what if we start to see all these opportunities. As we take them, more doors open. I think it's important to remember. Absolutely. And we're not stretching ourselves thin. We're just no. moving forward in any position that we can so that our goal right. remains the focus so that you don't get offset because i mean you think about it like if you're if you're hiking up a up a mountain if you're only looking straight forward when you follow the path like you're trying to reach the peak just using a metaphor and the path you know going up a mountain is never a straight line it always zigzags so if you're only focused on the path and you're only looking straight forward from the path you're going to lose sight of your goal over and over and over again you might get mm-hmm. there but if you're not looking at your your goal and you're only looking at the path when it forks which way do you go but when you're focused on your goal it's like well obviously i want to go this way because you know like i said i never even thought about owning my own business or or doing what we're doing but it's like that door opened up and it's pushing me closer to my goal and it's it's motivating me more and it's it's making me believe that this is this is what's going to happen. Like this isn't just a, a pipe dream anymore. Mm-hmm. My success and my freedom is legit and it is real and it will be there. But all right. these little baby steps, if I were focused on the path, I would have lost sight of the goal. But with all these mm-hmm. little baby steps, it's like, what do I do? You know, when we were talking about starting the business, do I start the business or do I not start the business? Well, if I stay true to the path I had envisioned in my head, that would have been a no and I wouldn't be going anywhere. I would be stagnant right. still. But since we decided to do that, it's opened up more and more and more opportunities. And now we're starting to see things differently. Even yeah. if the business doesn't pan out, it still changed the way we view um, specific things such as you know how businesses work and you know right. how to, um, to source products and how to, to do all this kind of stuff that we've already learned how to do in just a few mm-hmm. months. And it's like I focused on my goal. And so when the decision came up to do X, Y, Z, I went with this because it, it was still moving towards my goal. And I think that's, that's crucial is never lose sight of your goal. Well, it reminds me of a, a quote or something once that I heard. It goes like, the only time you really fail is when you quit trying. And so you may get some flack from people. You tell them, well, I started a business and you know, we're going to do this and this and this. And they'll say, well, what if you lose money? And what if you chose the wrong product? And what if the market sways? And there's a bunch of what ifs where you could lose money. You could totally lose out on all this. It's highly risky. And you say, yeah, that's okay. But even if this particular means to the end fails, I didn't lose. We didn't fail. We're better off for having taken the journey. And it just, it's one more path that closes and we'll just take another one. Because until we quit, we can't fail. And as long as we're always working on taking that another step, and even if it's only just scooching forward six more inches until we run into a brick wall, so be it. We'll take those six inches and reevaluate. Because as soon as you do, something else will open. I agree. I like that. But I, I do think it's true. It's like even if this business doesn't work out, we've learned more from it. 
we've increased our belief in what we are capable of. And no matter what happens after this, the next thing that we do after the business, whether we sell it for millions or go broke, we'll be better off. Mm-hmm. Our second business will be much better. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that reminds me of like Robert Kiyosaki. He was on a, a TV show and they asked him, well, one in, uh, one in every 10 businesses is it succeeds or one in nine or whatever. You know, how do you, how do you defy those odds? We'll just start nine businesses, start 10 businesses, <laughs> just keep moving forward. Like, right. just keep your goal, keep pushing, keep doing these little side hustles. Even if you have to go deliver pizzas on the side to make a few more bucks to, to get to this point or to get to that point, as long as sure. you don't lose sight of your end goal and as long as you don't become fixated on, you know, the month to month trap that we're stuck in and the slavery right. that that entails. You know, as long as you can still see the vision, it will happen. But the moment you lose it is when you give up. And that's when you become beaten. And that's when it's easy to to sit back and to be the guy on the couch saying, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. But instead, if you're out there doing all these things, who I mean – you know, we're working on like four or five, six different projects. What if only one of them works out? <laughs> okay, one of them worked out. You know what I mean? We're way better off because that one worked out than we would have been if we hadn't done any of them. And we're better off because of the stuff we've learned along the way and the, the people we've met and the opportunities we've had and the connections we've made and the systems we've been able to, to learn to build. I mean, just doing this business, in the future, we want to be starting bigger and bigger and busier businesses. Sure. It, it's taught us how to build that foundation. And mm-hmm. it's taught us, you know, it's taught me one key thing. I don't want to know how to to do customs and freight forwarding and all the <laughs> logistical stuff. I don't want to be an expert. No, I don't want to be an expert at that. I want to be the expert at starting the business and getting the right people <laughs> together and getting the team together and setting the systems up and then letting the systems work. Because mm-hmm. then, then you're at the point where I can walk away. I can say I'm free. I can have the time that I want, but I'm still going to be generating income and providing for me and my family. And I think the important thing is to remember that. Because so many people, when they get into a business, I think they're focused on the success or failure of the business. But I think if you remember, this is all kind of a journey of personal growth. And your financial success or any other success, however you define it in life, is kind of limited by your personal progress, like what you believe that you can achieve and who you are as a person and stuff. And until you grow personally, you really can't achieve that financial success. And when you start to remember that and you don't evaluate your businesses and stuff that you do on their individual merits, but on how it grows you as a person and who you are on the other side when you come out the other side if you see yourself as legitimately being a better person as having grown from it you can't fail even if the business flops horribly and everyone laughs at you and they all say i told you so you know but you're a better person for it and you're ready to take on the next project with more gusto and you know what you're doing and you have more confidence and you have a bigger belief structure. It's not just, I believe I can get a triplex. You're thinking, man, I can get 200 units. That's okay. I mean, I believe that. And you see your beliefs growing and stuff and you see yourself growing. Then you never fail. doesn't matter. Agreed.
So it's all the perspective. A lot of this, I think, is perspective. But yes, I think it's our hour. <laughs> I got to finish studying for med school, and it's midnight. My homework due tomorrow. Good luck with that. <laughs> Until I make my millions, man, I gotta slave away. It's close. We'll get there. Right. It'll well, thank happen. you for joining me again. Awesome this week. We'll have, have to do this week. again. We'll come up with yeah. another cool topic. Excellent. We'll talk to you next week. All right. See ya.